do you ever hear about these end times coming on the world that the Bible talks about and get a little bit concerned that you might experience those things, those things talked about in Revelation when the wrath of God is poured out on the earth? Well, we want to give you some comfort. We want to give you some hope today from the pages of Scripture, because I believe that the Bible says we don't have to go through all that. And my friend Daniel Moore, he's going to be with us today, and he's going to give us seven reasons that we can believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. The previous episode gave you six. We're going to give you seven more today on the Cross References Podcast. Welcome to the Cross References Podcast, where you learn how every small piece of the Bible tells one big story, and most importantly, how they all connect to the cross and Christ. Whether you're a new Christian or a veteran Bible reader, our goal is that God's Word will make more sense to you after every episode. Well, as I said in the intro, this is a part two today. Um, if you saw the previous episode, that one's just going to be called Six Reasons to Believe in a Pre-Tribulation Rapture. Today is seven more reasons to believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I'm back with my friend Daniel Moore. He's a, a buddy. He's a colleague of mine in radio. I uh, worked together for a few years in radio, and we both have a lot of the same interests in uh, Photoshop, graphic design, designing websites, and we both have podcasts that deal with Bible study. And so uh, we thought we'd team up today and, and share a little bit of information. He has a show called Connecting the Gap. And uh, we'll tell you about how you can find out about that show at the end of the program today. But um, I was listening to one of his episodes. He, he went through, I think it was 10 reasons on his show to believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. So yes. I, I invited him here on Cross References to, to share those with us. And he's going to give us a few, a few more than 10. He's got some bonus ones just for us today. So, um, Daniel, thanks for coming back on the Cross References podcast. Yes, thank you for having me back. I really enjoyed the last time. So I'm sure this time will be even better. Yeah, well, <laughs> speaking of time, I, I appreciate your time. <clears throat> yes. And... Um, uh, and when people think about time, people think about the future. They, they want to know what's coming. It, yes. It's why we love looking at the political predictions, even the weather reports. You know, we want to know what's coming. And, and the Bible tells us a lot about what's coming. Yes. It tells us about the rapture. tells us about the tribulation. It really lays out when you dig into it. And we talked about this on the previous show. Uh, you can really just lay out a, a really specific timeline of how all those things are going to play out. Yes, it does it in very great detail, actually. Um, And what's so cool about the Bible, you know, like you mentioned with my podcast, I just did 10 reasons. And, you know, with this one here, I've thrown a a few more in. And honestly, this isn't even all of them. And I'm sure, you know, as we dig through the word, um, I think the the pre-tribulation point of view is, is so accurate that there's a lot of different places that there's other reasons that we could add to these as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, these these 13 here that we're doing are probably some of the top ones that is repeated probably the most often or referenced to yeah. in the Word of God. And uh, so, you know, it's whenever someone comes up and they try to tell me about the, the mid-trib or post-trib, and for those that don't understand uh, the why the pre-trib is such a big deal is because there is an argument out there today about pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib. Mm-hmm. Everybody, just like with everything else with the Bible, everybody can't come to an agreement sometimes <laughs> on things. And so everybody has their own idea of when God's coming back. And, of course, we know there's a seven-year tribulation coming uh, following the rapture, which we explained in the first episodes. So we're not going to get into all of that. Um, but 
all that really matters, to be quite honest, is be ready. You know, I mean, it's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I mean, that's just, that's nothing compared to the reality of what we're actually going to be missing or not missing when that day comes. So uh, just be ready. And one of us are going to be right. Mm -hmm. Um, But we we just got to win this battle to the end and make sure that we, uh, you know, put our place um, in in eternity Mm -hmm. and that we're where we want to be when all this stuff happens. But I think the the pre-trib that we've been discussing last week and we'll finish up today, I think is the most solid Mm. um, view really of of where we're going to be uh, when that when that time comes, and so we're going to go ahead and we'll get we'll get back into this. Then, like like you said, we did six last week, so we're going to start here with number can seven. I, can I recap those six sure. real quick? Yes, yes, I, that's probably a good idea. I got it here in my notes. I want to give it my kind of my paraphrase of what you said. Okay, but twelve reasons or thirteen, um, thirteen reasons total. We did six last time and seven more today. But number one, the, the Bible never even says the church will go through the tribulation period. And we talked about that. Uh, oh, one verse I meant to throw in last time, First Thessalonians 5, 9. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And in the context, that's talking directly about end times and talking about the rapture. Mm-hmm. So, um, Well, the, the tribulation is referred to in the Bible multiple times as a day of wrath. Right. And so that, that kind of ties all that back together when exactly. you read that scripture. Yeah. Yep. So we, we don't go through the... Through God's wrath, because Jesus paid, he took God's wrath for us on the cross. We've been saved, so we don't have to go through it all again. So that was reason one. The Bible just never even says we'll go through the tribulation. Uh, Part two, the church has no part in the first 69 weeks of Daniel's prophecy, so it won't be in Daniel's 70th week. Daniel's 70th week is that seven-year period of uh, the tribulation. And I I will do a podcast episode on that soon, because I think that's worth talking about. Uh, Number three. The church is not mentioned in Revelation chapters 4 through 19. And those are the chapters that deal with the tribulation period. Church doesn't even get a shout out through all that. Number four, in the rapture, Jesus comes to the church. At the second coming of Christ, Jesus comes with the church. And a lot of people confuse the rapture and the second coming, but there, there are some distinctives there, and that's one of them. Yep. That in, in one of them, Jesus is coming to the church. The second coming, Jesus comes with the church. So those are two different things. Number five, uh, Second Thessalonians, it tells us that the Antichrist cannot be revealed until after the rapture, until, a- until after the church is out of the way. So if we're here, we are, we're withholding the power of the devil and, and kind of limiting what he can do on this earth. Um, it's really going to get bad after we're gone. But, and one of those things that's going to get really bad is that the Antichrist will be revealed. But that can't happen until we're out of here. And then number six, uh, And this goes back to the idea of the distinctives between the rapture and the second coming. It's that no one can know the day or the hour that Jesus is coming back. Um, If we Christians were present when the tribulation began, we'd know exactly when when Jesus was going to have the second coming. It was going to be seven years away from uh, from the tribulation kicking off. Yeah. So we believe that you know the rapture is what could really that's what kicks this whole thing off. That's what we don't know when it's going to happen. And that's why we should always be ready for it. Yes. So those were the six reasons you gave. And I just wanted to recap those for people. And in case they listened last week, that's a little bit of a refresher. Uh, Daniel, tell us about number seven. Okay. Number seven, the church must go to heaven for the marriage supper of the lamb. In Revelation chapter 19, verse seven, it says, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. So before the second coming, at the end of the tribulation period is when this is going to take place. Mm-hmm. And if you 
there's a little bit of history here that you have to get into because you probably won't understand this if you don't look at and, and again this is one of those things where we're going to take Jewish tradition and we're going to wrap it into Revelation here and put the two together mm-hmm. so that we can un- kind of understand exactly what John's talking about here mm-hmm. when he talks about this marriage supper of the lamb this is good stuff yes yeah, so in condensed form uh, where the wedding supper of the lamb is mentioned in, Revel- in Revelation 19 uh, this was also this was promised by Jesus in John chapter 14 and this wedding supper of the lamb is going to be in alignment with Jewish marriage customs. And basically what those customs are is just as a Jewish groom would leave his home, travel to his bride's home, and pay a bride price, which is also known as a dowry. Um, If you get into Jewish history, you'll know what that is. Mm -hmm. Jesus left his heavenly home, came to earth, and he paid a dowry for us on the cross. He paid that price for our sins, a bride price Hmm. for us for for our sins on the cross. Also, just as the covenant was legally ratified by sharing wine, Jesus shares his last supper with us. Hmm. So any of us that take communion mm-hmm. uh, at church, whether it's on a you know weekly or however your church does that, we are sharing um, in his, his death and resurrection through that communion. The, the next thing, just as the groom returned home to prepare a place for his bride in Jewish tradition, Jesus returned to his heavenly home to prepare a place for you. And that John chapter 14, verse 3 is probably one of the most you know, spoken right. scriptures about him returning to heaven to prepare a mansion for us yep. as Christians. We're going to live there someday. Also, just as the groom returned for his bride at an unexpected time, Jesus tells his bride, the church, to be ready for an unexpected return. So if you look at Jewish history, the bride had to always be ready Mm -hmm. because she never knew when the groom was going to show up to pick her up and take her off into the marriage and into the, the, the supper and everything that went along with that. And so in the same way, we're supposed to be the same way. We're supposed to constantly be prepared, be preparing, um, you know, making sure that our walk is where it needs to be with Christ. We need to be ready for him when he shows up for that unexpected return that was talked about in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 44. Hmm. Also, just as the groom eventually did return to bring the wife home and consummate the marriage, a consummation that lasted for seven days, Jesus will return to consummate his marriage to the church during the seven years of tribulation. So the, Jew, the, the Jewish groom would take the wife home, and they had a, a week there, kind of like a honeymoon, I guess you could say, to an right. extent of, of rituals and things that they went through during that time frame. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in God's timing, it becomes seven years mm-hmm. instead of seven days. So all that, again, you got this math stuff working right. together. But it all syncs up. Exactly. And so during that seven years, we're going to be rejoicing in heaven with Jesus, with the marriage supper of the Lamb, and praising and worshiping Him while all this stuff and horrible stuff's going on on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be start at the starting point of getting our rewards. Hmm. So while the world is suffering the, from God's wrath, you know, we're going to be resting safely in the arms of Jesus. Hmm. So that's, that's number seven. That's a, that's a really awesome prophecy right there. I, I love how everything from that history just ties in so well with all these things in Scripture. Yeah. And... People say that the Bible's boring. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I used to say that myself when I was a kid, didn't understand it. But uh-huh. honestly, when you start reading the Bible and you actually do studies with, oh, yeah. you know, with people that's went into your own study and that kind of thing, it's crazy how mm-hmm. the Bible just coincides with so much of Jewish history and tradition and yep. all that kind of thing. And how even as Gentiles, it wraps our lives into it as well. Mm. The eighth reason, the Antichrist will prevail against the saints during the tribulation period. So as we know, as you get into the tribulation period, there are going to end up being believers 
during that seven-year time that's going to be on the earth. And those that are here, God is going to allow Satan to prevail against them. So in Revelation chapter 13, verse 7, it says it was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. So Satan is running rampant through the tribulation. He has full power, full control of anybody and everybody in this whole earth. However, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, that the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. He told Peter... And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Right. So, if Jesus, and it comes back to the promises of God, if God promises us in Matthew that the gates of hell are never going to per- are never going to prevail against the church, which is mm-hmm. us. Yep. We've already determined last week that the church is the restrainer. We're what's holding back the tribulation at this point. But then in Revelation, God gives Satan power mm-hmm. to, to rail against Christians and whatever. That tells me the church is already gone. Yeah. That the church cannot be here during that time because God already promised us that the gates of hell were not going to prevail against us and they would not overcome us. So that that's another reason that I believe in the pre-trib um, because, you know, there's, pe- there's still going to be people getting saved in the tribulation. Mm-hmm. Just because they're all there, they're going to realize, hey, this was real. You know, all these things that were preached all those years, I should have listened. I should have changed my life. They didn't do it for whatever reason, and they will be repenting and getting, you know, the Bible tells us there's going to be brutal uh, consequences for being a Christian during that tribulation period, but it is going to happen. But Satan's going to have full um, control of anybody and everything that's here during that time. Number, well, if I ahead. could, if I could just throw in also a verse from the Old Testament, and it just backs up what you were saying. There's there in Daniel chapter eight. There's this uh, vision given, and it's talking about. Uh, it's one of those prophecies that has a dual fulfillment. <clears throat> it's talking there about Antiochus Epiphanes, but it's also talking about the future Antichrist who's to come on the world. Mm-hmm. And it's because there's a lot of parallels between those two figures. And, and one of the things it says is that. Um, if I read here from chapter 8, verse 10 and 11, it says, uh, And it grew up to the host of heaven, talking about this evil ruler, and it cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them, and he even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host. And, and so it talks there about trampling. I believe that word trampling is the same word in uh, the Septuagint, mm-hmm. the same Greek word that's used here in Matthew sixteen eighteen, yeah, that the gates of hell won't prevail against the church, and so just another prophecy That's there about good. about the fact that um, this antichrist he is going to be so destructive that even the anyone who gets saved during the tribulation they won't have that promise of God's protection that we can enjoy today, mm-hmm. that we can enjoy from Satan, that that he can't prevail against us. Yeah, it's going to be a different story when the church is taken out of here. And the Antichrist has free reign over the earth to, to kind of do whatever he wants. Yeah. God gives it to him for seven years, and yeah. uh, and he will prevail against the saints during that time. Yeah, there's no protection Yeah, for the, the believers during that time frame. And God, you know, he promises protection for his church. I, yeah. You know, I think that's shown throughout Scripture in plenty of places. Hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, that, that's number eight. So, number nine, the 24 elders or representatives of the church— will be in heaven before the seven sealed scroll is broken. So if you read the Revelation, uh, there's basically the elders are leaders 
um, pulled from each tribe mm-hmm. uh, of Israelites. There was 12 tribes um, in the Israelites. So there's there's two uh, leaders out of each one that will be pulled that are considered as elders. And when the church goes to heaven, they will be there with the representation of their leaders, of their elders. And so this is another reason that the fact that they're already in heaven, according to Revelation, mm-hmm. before that seventh sealed scroll is broken uh, with the church that they represent, uh, that kind of tells us that there's not a possibility that the church is still going to be here mm-hmm. um, after the, the rapture happens. Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of, there's kind of like some controversy out there about who the elder, the 24 elders, who they represent. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I mean, it, it doesn't explicitly tell us that they are the church in the Bible. Yeah. But the, if you look at the way that they're described, if you if you listen to the things that they say, because all throughout Revelation, they have like little, I don't know, the little parts where they'll break in and and say something here or there. But some of the things they say about having like their clothes washed white as snow, it's things that only really apply to the church. Right. Yeah, I'd say they'd have to represent the church because n- just there's no other view of who they could represent that really makes sense. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, you know, and that kind of comes to with... A lot of people don't like the fact that they have leadership over them, but really, mm-hmm. in all reality, in God's order, there is leadership. Oh yeah, and you know, so I think even in heaven, we're going to have. I think we're going to have leadership. You know, it's just right. that's just the way that that is always organized and put together. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, that's that's another reason that I you know kind of feel like that we'll be out of here before all that takes place. Yeah, uh, thank the Lord. Right, uh, number ten. The pre-tribulation rapture is more consistent with God's grace, love, and mercy. And you actually kind of mentioned the scripture earlier about that it comforts us. First mm. um, Thessalonians four eighteen is probably the most explicit passage of about the rapture. Uh, Paul, uh, the apostle Paul, tells us. Uh, his reason for describing it, therefore, comfort one another with these words. Mm-hmm. People are like I think you mentioned it earlier. People are scared to death about what's coming. They're scared to death about the tribulation, the Antichrist. They sit there and they watch the news constantly and just, you know, full of anxiety and stress and mm-hmm. all this kind of thing. And the whole time, the Bible's sitting there telling us through the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. these words are supposed to comfort us. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Why are you worried about this if you're a true believer? I think if you're really concerned and worried, of course, first of all, worry and anxiety is a form of sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a whole different subject for a different time. But um, God wants us to understand that as long as we believe in Him and we have a true relationship with Him, uh, there's comfort in this. Yeah. That He's going to come back and get us out of here before all of this takes place. And I think that if... If he was sitting there telling us, okay, as, as the church, you're going to go through the tribulation and get your head chopped off. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll walk through that with you, and I'll be by your side that whole time, but this is going to happen. Wouldn't we all be worried? Right. You know, I that's mean, not the most comforting message. Exactly. <laughs> you know, And that's not the, the character of God. Yeah. Um, God loves us. He loves his people. We already have to go through what we're going through right now, and I really have a hard time believing that God would put us through the tribulation period after we've already proven ourselves right. through our walk with Him up to the point of the rapture. If we are believers up till that point and we rely on Him for everything and, mm-hmm. and call Him the Lord of our life, I think that's a reward He gives us is getting us out of here Yeah, um, but before all of that takes place. Because, right. you know, 
as you go through the tribulation, and I, I think last week on my podcast I covered this, the bodies of water are going to be turned to blood. Yeah. Uh, and people don't understand that means everything. You turn your faucet on in your kitchen. You turn your faucet on the bathtub. You go buy bottled water at the store. You go try to get in the lake or the creeks or the oceans. Everything is going to be turned to blood. Yeah. There's going to be nowhere on this earth that you can find a drop of water to satisfy your thirst. That's pretty grim. And people don't understand, you know, it's going to be a horrible time. The vegetation's going to die. Demonic armies are going to be unleashed. The uh, Antichrist reign of terror is going to lead to martyrdom on a scale that's never been seen before. We think it's bad now. It's nothing. doesn't hold a candle to what the Antichrist is going to unleash. Mm-hmm. Is that all comforting? Right. <laughs> I mean, when you think about that, there's no comfort in that whatsoever. Right. And so I, I believe God's going to get us out of here. And that is why Paul says that those words of the, of the rapture and tribulation time should comfort us. I agree. As and the church. There's just no point on, you know, just at the end of the day, there's no point for the church to go through it. Exactly. In the first place. Yeah. So number 11, it explains how Christ's millennial kingdom will be populated. Um, After Christ returns, he's going to establish his thousand-year reign upon the earth. The millennium is going to be a golden age during which God fulfills all his promises to the Jewish people. However, it's still going to include some death and suffering, albeit on a a limited scale. You can read Isaiah 65, 20 to 25 to understand that a little bit more. The millennium is also going to include unresurrected believers who live on the earth under Christ's rule. Uh, Revelation 20 and Zechariah 14 are some references for that. So... This uh, thought process creates a problem for those who believe in a post-tribulational rapture because when Christ returns, he apparently destroys everyone on earth who does not know him. And that's explained in 2 Thessalonians 1 and Revelation 19. Hmm. So in reference to those unresurrected believers who populate the earth during the millennium, where did they come from? Did they not all die in the Great Tribulation or the Battle of Armageddon? Because the Bible tells us everything's demolished and the, the earth's going to be burned up yeah. when that happens. So the only solution to that is actually pretty simple. The Millennial Kingdom is going to be populated by resurrected believers who were raptured and then returned to earth mm-hmm. when we come back with Jesus and he creates that new heaven and new earth. Mm-hmm. It's also going to be populated by unresurrected believers who survived the Great Tribulation of which there's going to be a great multitude. Uh, that's Revelation 7, 9 and 7, verse 14. Gradually, these unresurrected believers are going to have babies. Who's going to have babies? Who's going to have babies? Some of those are going to become unbelievers, further populating the millennial kingdom with people who ultimately will rebel against Christ because we know that at the end of, Reve- at the, end of the millennium, there's another purging time mm-hmm. uh, when unbelievers and Satan, that he's going to be loose for a season. And then he's going to be eventually tied up and put in the abyss forever Mm -hmm. um, at that point. But that kind of, in a nutshell, explains a lot of how that's going to take place. Yeah. Um, So that's another reason uh, to believe in a a, a a pre-tribulation rapture. Yeah. When when I saw that one, I was like, I'd never heard of that before. So I didn't know where you were going to go with that. But it it makes sense. Yeah. Um, It's it's just kind of happened, you know. Everything happens in, like in order. I just I keep coming back to that, but mm-hmm. it, God is a God of order. Yeah. And so people, they get into this stuff and they're like, this is so confusing. This can never happen. It's not confusing at all if you really just kind of sit there and study through it and work your way through in order and figure out what God's plan is. He's got it all planned out. Yeah. And it's just crazy how it, it's all going to fall into place. Hmm. Number 12, 
Only the pre-tribulation rapture distinguishes properly between Israel and the church. And you actually touched on this a little bit earlier with the 70 weeks. The church exists because of Israel, but the church does not replace Israel. Israel and the church are two distinct peoples with two distinct sets of promises, two distinct redemptive programs. This becomes especially clear in Romans 9-11, where the Apostle Paul plainly declares that one day all Israel will be saved. Well, if Israel is the same as the church, this statement would be redundant. Right. Because the church is saved. Right. Yeah, We've already got salvation in our hearts, and so Israel obviously isn't. You know, there's a lot of working through going on there. Yeah. And so there is a distinction that you have to keep between the two. And as you said earlier, uh, biblically, um, as it's stated like in Daniel, Israel's the seven years of tribulation is going to be Israel's time. Right, right. Um, that, God turns his attention back to them. Exactly. And that's when uh, there's going to be, there's a promise, the God's promise of a mass revival will take place with the Israelites in the end times with the Jews. So, yeah. Uh, and, and not just um, Israel and the church, but it's God's got his attention right now on the Gentiles. Because mm-hmm. right? it says in the Bible that we're in the times of the Gentiles right now. Yes. And that's also there, I think, in Revelation 11. Yes. Um, that this is the this is the time for the Gentiles out there to get saved. Um, <clears throat> I, it's not that Jewish people can't get saved right now; uh, they do every day. But you look at statistically, only about one percent of Jewish people are Christians. Yeah. Uh, right now, God has got His attention on the Gentiles. This is our time. Once the rapture happens, God doesn't just turn His attention back to to Israel. But I mean, that's when things that during that tribulation is when Israel is going to get saved. Finally, all Israel will be saved. But the Gentile world is going to be in a lot of trouble yes. <laughs> at that time. So if you're a Gentile listening right now, make, make sure you're right with God because you, <laughs> you want to go in the tribute or you want to go in the rapture. You don't want to be here during that time when things get really bad for the Gentile world here on earth. Yes, exactly. Uh, so the final one, number 13, pre-tribulation rapture depicts Jesus as capable of coming back at any moment. And we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier as well. Um, this is the the promise of comfort that I could pro- I would probably like to refer that mm-hmm. as. Um, Jesus repeatedly states throughout the New Testament, and it's even spoken of in places in the Old Testament, that we should expect him to return literally at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not promised our next breath of air. We're not promised the next second of our life. Mm-hmm. As much as we like to think that we're in control of our lives and we're in control of everything that takes place um, throughout this walk that we're walking right now, that's not true. Right. We're literally here by the grace of God. That's the only reason that we're here. And he even goes on to, as far as to say that the date of his return is not even known by the angels in heaven nor the Son but only the Father. We kind of talked that about that a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark chapter 13, verse 32 is where you can read that. Jesus wants us to be ready for an any moment type evacuation. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants us to, to have our hearts where they need to be. And so uh, in that same chapter of Mark, he talks about to take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when that time is. So again, this creates a problem for those who believe in a rapture after the tribulation. Uh, for instance, uh, there's a theologian named Wayne Grudem that believes in post-tribulational rapture, and he's got a book out called Systematic Theology. Mm. And on his pages, uh, 1097 to 1099 in that book, he talks about some some reasons that he thinks of a post-tribulation rapture. Number one, gospel preached to all nations. Number two, great tribulation. Number three, false prophets, signs and wonders. Number four, signs in the heavens. Uh, five, coming of the man of sin and the rebellion and salvation of Israel. 
the problem with the list that comes out of that book is that it conflates the rapture with Christ's ultimate return mm-hmm. as if they are the same thing. Mm-hmm. For instance, of course, it's true that the Great Tribulation must happen before Jesus returns in judgment, which that's going to happen at the second coming. But seven years before that, he's going to return to rescue his bride through the rapture. So if you truly believe that all these signs must precede Jesus coming, then you don't expect the rapture at any moment at that point. Right. Um, You know, all of these things that are in his list are stuff that really needs to happen before the rapture. Yeah. And so when you... When you try to put it into the post-tribulation type of things, it just doesn't really make much sense. It's another one of those things where I, I know Wayne Grimm's a smart guy. I mean, that systematic yeah. theology, it's like a massive book. Yeah. But, uh, I'm not saying he's not smart or anything, but it's just when I see an explanation like that, it just brings me to more questions than having answers. Yeah. Uh, you know, then suddenly it's a lot harder for me to put together how is all Israel going to be saved and, and all this stuff. Well, I think it, it'll create a confusion. Yeah. And... God's not the author of confusion. We know who the author of confusion is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, I I don't want to say that I want the easiest way out, but I do. <laughs> you know? um, and to me, you know, when I look at it as a pre-tribulation type rapture, it's really a simple process. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We accept him into our life and be saved. We get baptized in the name of the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we do our Bible study, pray, and go to church and live the, the life that God's created for us as a believer mm-hmm. to evangelize the people and to lead others to Christ, to praise God, to worship him for who he is. That's all the reason, one of the thousands of reasons that we're here mm-hmm. as Christians today. And we just do this day after day after day, devoting our time to Christ and the Lord, knowing that someday he's going to come and take us out of here mm-hmm. if death doesn't take us first. Right. And, you know, so to me, that's the easy way out. I don't want to be here during that seven years of the tribulation and go through all that stuff that the Antichrist is going to throw on everybody that's left here. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want any part of that. And, you know, what I go through today, and I think, you know, you would probably agree with me, uh, everything that we go through today is bad enough. Right. And it's it's getting worse (laughs) as the days go by, you know, with the, the way this world is churning. And, you know, I don't. I look at it now just with where we're at right now. I think, well, how bad is it going to be before all this turns around? Mm-hmm. You know, how much worse is it going to get? Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't think anything's going to hold a candle to that seven years of tribulation with the Antichrist. And sure. I don't, don't want to be here. Yeah. Well, I got one more question for you, but we're going to we're gonna take a short break here and then we'll close up. And I, I, wanna, I want you to let everybody know about where your podcast is. And, uh, and then we'll do one more question after that and wrap things up. So if you have a question on this subject, just leave a comment or shoot us an email. My email is crossreferencespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'd be happy to take questions, recommendations, subjects you want me to tackle in the future. If you got an objection to anything we said today, hey, that'd be fun to to hear about too. If you have 13 objections to something we (laughs) said on the past few shows, send them our way. Maybe we can deal with, with some feedback sometimes, some mailbag questions and 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 uh, get back together again to to discuss that in the future so let us know your feedback daniel you, you got an email too don't you yes i do it's daniel at connecting the gap.net okay well there you go so yes. you can send them to me or him yes um and, and daniel tell people oh go ahead yeah and i want to say one thing too uh and i i use this when i started my prophecy study i put this out there's a disclaimer uh everybody has their own opinion of what prophecy means and i'm not we're not here as scholars or, you know, 
we've done studies, we've read the word, mm-hmm. and we've put together a lot of the information that most aligns with the way that we believe because of biblically, that's how it seems like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've allowed God to work, you know, speak through us. Um, but not for a minute do we want to feel, make it seem like we're demeaning somebody else's beliefs or right. that they don't mean anything. Prophecy can go any which direction. Right. None of A lot of this stuff, none of us knows, you know, it's not set in stone. Uh, we're just trying to work through prophecy, um, comparing it with Jewish tradition and history and what, you know, symbolically what the Bible might be meaning by this, by pulling other scriptures together to explain it. And mm-hmm. um, so I know there's people out there and I've, I've had a couple of naysayers with my study that I've been doing on my podcast that's got on there and put big <laughs> old huge long post of why I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's fine. I, I like to read it and I like to see what their view is. Um, it's probably not going to change my view you know, <laughs> because I truly yeah. believe that the, the way that we believe this is biblical, um, probably the most biblical view of it. But just because we all believe differently doesn't mean that one of us are going to make it to heaven or the other's not. Right, right. You know, what matters is where is your heart at. Right. You know, talk to each other in love, disagree in love, um, understand that there's room for um, learning from anybody and everybody. And, um, you know, we put ideas on top of each other and we learn from all of that. And so, you know, just because we're covering this today, you know, doesn't mean that, you know, we feel like anybody that doesn't agree with us is just destined for hell right. or whatever, because that's not the case at all. Right. Um, some of this stuff we may be off on. I mean, there's no telling. I mean, biblically, we feel like this is where it's at. Mm-hmm. But prophecy is such a crazy thing to try to figure out and put together. Um, it's probably easy to miss some things here and there. But I just wanted to kind of put that little disclaimer out there. Um, as he, as you yeah. mentioned. Well, and I'll say, too, like we mentioned Wayne Grudem a minute ago. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, he's one of the most brilliant theologians on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he might disagree about the pre-tribulation rapture thing with me. I'm sure if he was sitting across from me. He's way, way smarter than me. Yes. He could probably debate me into a into a hole in the ground no doubt. if he was sitting here. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just got to go with what makes sense to me as right. I read the Bible. Right. And I just look at, you know, yes. what, what's making sense to me is this, if it's not making sense, you know, it's hard for me to, to believe it. So uh, I just try to read the Bible and I like what you said in the on the previous show, but about uh, you, you mix in what you study there in Revelation, but you also keep some common sense in your hand and you make sure you don't get off too far into the weeds and... Right. Where it gets all loopy and, and hard to follow. Yes. So. Um, so my podcast is Connecting the Gap. You can go to my website, connectingthegap.net, and you can actually watch or listen to the podcast on my homepage if you like. But if you have a favorite podcasting app or whatever, um, I'm on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast. I'm on Pandora, Pandora Addict, or Podcast Addict, actually, Google Podcast, Deezer. Amazon Music, I'm on a lot of stuff. You can also listen to my podcast on your Alexa devices um, as well. And then I have a Rumble channel, a YouTube channel, and I'm on the podcast app Edify. Um, So there's plenty of ways you can catch that. Usually it's about a 15 minutes of Bible study type uh, podcast that I do, and I do uh, occasionally mix in some interviews with different people about things. It's just uh, whatever God li- lays on my heart that week that I think might bless someone. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can subscribe and get notified. It's every Thursday morning is when those land, and so you'll be able to check out the new podcast right now. As we've been talking, um, I'm into episode 
80 something at this point and a majority of that has been a prophecy uh, study and revelation study and that's where i'm at now is in the middle of revelation and those are 30 minutes right at the moment so Mm -hmm. to try to get through those so that's kind of my ministry you can just check out my website and and see what all i have to offer there now that's the great thing about a podcast you can take your time you can be comprehensive you're not rushing through revelation no you went through prophecies all through the whole bible yeah and it's not like you said, oh, I just want to do this for three months and then move on to something else. I mean, you're taking your time. It's a verse by verse yeah. condensed. <laughs> you can't, you know, I'm trying to get through this. I am trying to get through this quickly as I can, but I don't want to leave. I, I try to get it the best explanation that I can yeah. uh, verse by verse before I move on to the next one. But there is so much more to every verse than what I explain there, obviously. So Right. Well, it's, <laughs> it's like on, on my show here, I, uh, every other week we do a little bit more of the book of Ezekiel. And I thought, okay, this will be like a two-year study. Yeah. (laughs) That book's 48 chapters. It's been over, it's been about a year now. I'm only on chapter like 14. Yeah. So it's, you know, but I'm I'm trying not to rush it. You know, I'm trying to actually take my time and see everything God has to say in those, in those verses, because there's a lot there and podcasts can be a lot of work, you know, especially all the research that goes into them. Yes, there's a lot of work. I mean, I look here at all the verses that you shared with us today. A lot of, <laughs> I was, I was recording one the other day and my wife said to me, she asked how it was going. I said, I'm almost done. I just got to record it and then edit it. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. It sounds like you haven't even started. <laughs> and I'm like, no, yeah. no. The hard part is all the research. The hard part is just collecting all my thoughts for it. And yes. that's the long part. Then once I, once I voice it and edit it, that's the easy part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, most podcasts, if they're just about a random whatever, current events or whatever, uh-huh. you can get on and kind of shoot the breeze for 30 minutes and be done. Yeah. Um, you do want some research probably what you have to talk about, hopefully. But when it comes to the Bible, you don't want to mess that up. Right. You know, you want to truly believe what you're delivering and hope that people can understand it. And so it is. There's a lot of work that goes into a Bible study type podcast mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. And God's yeah. word deserves the work. Yes. So, um so that everyone heard there where you can go to find out more about Daniel's show. That website's connectingthegap.net. Yes. And there's a lot of great information on that website as well. And so, Daniel, um, first of all, thanks for being on the show today on, for two yes. different programs. Hey, I, pre- I appreciate you inviting me. It's been a blast. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've enjoyed it too, and it's been a lot of fun. I just appreciate your time. Um, and uh, before we go, I want you to share one more thing. I'll do mine first because then I'll, I'll kind of let you close it out. But, okay. But I... Uh, I wanted to just say what what is your favorite or maybe what you say is the most convincing reason that we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture uh, out of all 13 that we've discussed on the past couple shows. I'll tell you mine. I just, I think what I go back to the most in my mind is that one about, it's just what's in God's character, mm-hmm. you know, that, that God loves us, that he's already died for our sins. You know, he already came to earth and did that for us. And he's not, he's not just going to try to torture us and torment us just for the sake of it (laughs) yeah you know if he's going to do a rapture ever it only makes sense that he'd do it before he unleashes his wrath on the earth so i just i think in my heart maybe it's kind of an emotional thing but i just go back to that that i just as i think about who god is and how he loves us um i I just can't it's hard for me to imagine him even putting his church through that what what do you think yeah and i i totally agree with you um mine to probably add to that would be the one where uh, that he he promises us that the gates of hell aren't going to prevail against us, mm-hmm. and you know, to me, when he gives us that promise, I take that literally. Uh, we know that right now, uh, our the 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 warfare that we have is not a human carnal warfare; it's a spiritual battle. And if you if we could have the eyes 
of Christ to be open to see everything that we want to see, we would be shocked at how much demonic activity is going on in our realm. I'm sure each and every day, and the fact that we can walk through that on a daily basis every day of our life and be protected and know that at any moment if we have problems or situations that we can go to God in prayer he's there for us and he has the answers and he'll walk us through all of that and everything comes out better for the good according to his purpose and I don't think that's going to stop when the rapture happens yeah I think that that thought process is going to continue so therefore in order for him to protect us to the best you know, capability that he can as our God and our Lord, I think he's going to get us out of here hmm. um, so that the that Satan cannot prevail against the church as he promised that he wouldn't be able to. And so I hold on to that literally um, in my heart that that's what's going to happen. And it kind of folds into yours as well. I, I, I've told my wife this. I don't think God's going to put us through all of that after we've already walked the walk that we've walked and proven ourselves already. He knows mm-hmm. we love him. Mm-hmm. And he knows that we want to be with him. And I think he's going to honor that by getting us out of here. Yeah. Yeah. What you said on the previous show about that the tribulation period is a time of testing on the world, but that we're going through our test right now. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I never heard it explained that way before, but that makes that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. So um, to everyone out there listening, you know, make sure you're passing your test. Make sure you're ready. Because uh, we've been talking a lot about this tribulation period, Daniel's 70th week. And uh, you don't want to be here when all that stuff starts to unfold. Um, Daniel, once again, thanks for being with us on the show. Thank you. And we'll have to do it again sometime. Uh, As soon as you're done listening to this show, make sure you go tune tune in to Connecting the Gap. Look it up wherever you get this podcast. You can find it in all those same places and and many more. Connecting the Gap, that's Daniel Moore's show. Um, But for today, thanks for listening to the Cross References podcast. This has been Luke Taylor and Daniel Moore reminding you that God has a plan and we can take some comfort in that. (laughs) 